Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to Basketball Conference, the ACC Football Podcast. I'm Joey Weaver, joined tonight by Mr. Mike McDaniel. Mike, it's a big week around a podcast. We got a, got a little bit of a rivalry brewing here. We Although, did. I have a feeling it's going to get ugly. I was going to say, we do have the rivalry game, and we did that way back when, first podcast ever, Battle of the Techs. It's on, Joey. The week has finally come. Uh, yeah. We talked We talked back then about maybe having a bet on this game. At this point, you still down that for that bet doesn't or? involve, you know, which team wins, because <laughs> I'm not feeling great about my chances if that's the case. Yeah, I wouldn't either. Um, but, you know... Tech's lo- Tech has lost to worst opponents in Georgia Tech, so <laughs> it can uh, it can happen. Virginia Tech, that is. So anyway, it could I, happen. I don't. I mean, they're at home though. I mean, this is. Uh, I mean, diving into it, you know, this is a game where, you know, Virginia Tech at home against that Georgia Tech defense. It's a nice game to get the you know the passing <laughs> attack back on track. Let's put it that way. It's the get-right game. The the get-right game at your expense, Joey. Yeah, no kidding. Um, Let's talk about that game here in just a second, actually, Mike. Let's start with talking about the college football playoff rankings, which, well, we're recording here on Monday night due to some scheduling difficulties that we're going to have this week. Um, And so we, we aren't really working with a fresh slate of college football playoff rankings here. However... The ACC had five teams ranked last week. Clemson at number two, Louisville at number seven, Virginia Tech number 19, North Carolina number 21, Florida State number 22. And you figure that all five of those teams won. Virginia Tech and Florida State kind of in squeakers a little bit, but also on the road. Uh, So you have to figure that there's not going to be a whole lot of movement this week when those rankings do come out. Uh, Is there any reason to think there's going to be any sort of significant jump from anybody this week? Well, I think you and I were saying before we hit record, I think the biggest jump could actually be Louisville. But even when you consider Louisville, they might only jump two spots. I mean, how many... I mean, I guess a lot of teams lost in the top 15. I mean, I guess you could see Virginia Tech jump a little bit. But Virginia Tech only beat Duke by three, a team that they're much better than. And, uh, you know, it was a road game. So I don't think they'll uh, they'll lose too much credibility over only winning that game by three. Uh, but... No, I mean, I think Clemson's probably going to stay put right at two. Um, there's no reason to move them up or down. Louisville, I mean, Texas A&M lost in front of them. I think all the teams will slide up a spot or two there. Um, Washington was so impressive in their win over Cal that I think, you know, they're pretty much primed to slide in there at number four. But, you know, maybe Louisville and Ohio State, five and six, I think that's pretty conceivable at this point. And Virginia Tech, North Carolina, Florida State, I mean, they all won. So what do you? I mean, what are you going to do with all of them? I mean, North Carolina's win was pretty convincing. Florida State came from behind against NC State and got the job done. And Virginia Tech, they survived on the road at Duke. So there's nothing that really stood out at you other than, you know, this weekend college football other than maybe Louisville's win. But even then, I don't think it's enough, especially considering the caliber of opponent they were playing in Boston College. And, who you know, the teams that are in front of them, I'm not sure that'll even be enough to move them all that much. So, 
you know, even though we're recording this the night before the second college football playoff ranking comes out, I'm not really sure there's going to be a whole lot of movement to really even speak of. Well, you look at it, there there were three ACC teams clustered at 19, 21, and 22, and you had Baylor that got blown out by TCU. Uh, they were at 17, so I could definitely see them falling below all three of those, so bump them all up a slot. And the other team that I could kind of see Virginia Tech jumping in the process is Florida. Florida got beat 31-10 by Arkansas. They're at 11. They could conceivably fall down towards, like, the 20 range. Uh, and maybe the Hokies jump them a little bit too. So should be kind of, kind of similar, you know, looking from a, a ranking standpoint when these do come out. But certainly something to monitor. I mean, Louisville's trying to keep themselves in play for for the college football playoff. If you know some hell breaks loose across some other conferences, so that's that's still not an impossible scenario that the Cardinals might make it in. It's not. I mean, I think Washington definitely has to lose. Um, if there's one team that really needs to do Louisville a favor at this point, with, especially now with Texas A&M losing, I think it's Washington because I think if you go undefeated in the Pac-12, I mean, yeah, the Pac-12 is not great this year, but Washington has looked so impressive in that conference. And no matter what you think of the Huskies, I mean, they're a pretty solid program. I mean, you go undefeated with, with a you know so-called Power 5 schedule. I don't know how much stock you put in the Pac-12. Um, they're, they're probably going to be in. So if they lose, you have Ohio State and Michigan beat each other up, especially if um, especially if Michigan were to beat Ohio State. Um, I think Louisville would have a great shot because Ohio State would be eliminated with a second loss. I think Louisville would have a great opportunity if Washington were to lose as well to slide right in there. So uh, Louisville's chances are definitely still alive. Um, I, I don't necessarily agree with Bobby Petrino in that, you know, Louisville needs to blow out the rest of the teams they play. I mean, I think they need to look good, but I don't think they have to win by 70 points to get into the playoff. I think that's a little bit crazy. Only a couple of things need to fall their way at this point. Yeah, you figure them scoring 52 points on Boston College really doesn't do anything different than scoring 38 would. Um, So, yeah, I mean, curious to see how they treat that over the remainder of these last three games. But in any case, yeah, new ranking's going to be coming out. Hopefully they... They are favorable to the ACC. I think they will be for all intents and purposes. But as you said, Mike, uh, the Battle of the Techs, the Tecmo Bowl, as it were, is this week. Uh, that's where we'll start this week just because it's relevant to us here on the podcast. Uh, Virginia Tech, number 19 in the country, a 13.5-point favorite at home at 3.30 p.m. on ESPNU against Georgia Tech. Virginia Tech's covering here, Mike. This is going to be bad. <laughs> It's gonna be uh, real bad. Let me so quick analysis here. Uh, first of all, Virginia Tech's a totally different team at home right now than they are on the road. Where they've had their problems has been in road games. When they are in the friendly confines of Lane Stadium, they are pretty dominant this year. And I don't know if there's really a performance you could point to that says otherwise. Yeah. Um, I, real real quick before before you continue. Um, yes, I'm with you on that, but. On the flip side of the coin, they've played Liberty, East Carolina, Boston College. Um, I'm missing someone here. Miami. Miami. Okay, Miami was a good was a good home win. Um, the neutral site game against Tennessee count against the number of games they're playing at home, right? Three, four, maybe not. No, never mind. They have two home games left. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, it was a pretty weak home schedule overall, actually. But they've only played two conference games at home. Yeah, that's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. Um, I didn't even realize that. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So. I'm with you. I mean, they're a really good team at home. It, it's not all scheduling, but I think scheduling does play a part. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. I <laughs> this is totally like changing my world right now. I didn't realize. Yeah, that's uh, it's been a little bit of a light schedule in the ACC so far. Um, but I mean, obviously, a night game against Miami, they looked really good. That's a great atmosphere at night on a Thursday night, like that game was. But so okay, so Virginia Tech's the home team, number one. And number two, you look at the the offense as diverse as it can be, um, and they've they've had their speed bumps here in recent weeks as as things are kind of want to happen over time. But um, I don't see anything from this Georgia Tech defense over the last several weeks that even resembles something that can stop Virginia Tech or give them a lot of problems. And number three, I've seen better Georgia Tech offenses given problems by worse Bud Foster defenses. This is a pretty good Bud Foster defense at Virginia Tech this year, and I've got no reason to think that Georgia Tech's going to have any sort of easy time moving the ball or scoring points in this one. I think that Virginia Tech runs away with this game, Mike. A couple things here. So Justin Thomas won't be – I mean, he'll play most likely, um, but he's not 100%, right? Uh, the center – what's his name? Freddie Burden. That's the center, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the only two hurt. seniors on offense. He's hurt as well. Um never bodes well, but you look at the Virginia Tech defense, Greg Stroman is questionable with that ankle injury suffered on the punt return against Duke. Um, obviously, Tech will be without Terrell Edmonds in the first half of this game as well uh, due to the targeting call in the fourth quarter of the game against Duke. Uh, so there there are some holes, um, albeit there will only be a hole for a quarter there in one of their better defensive backs being out of the game, but Terrell Edmonds has been good for um, really the entirety of the season, especially against the run. Um, I think a lot will be asked of Chuck Clark this week at um, at the safety position. He's been really good. Um, he's played a lot of rover in that Virginia Tech defense, so he's kind of been the nickel guy, so to speak. Um, he, they, they've really moved him all over the field. Uh, yeah, I mean, Virginia Tech, historically against Georgia Tech, has gone with an extra linebacker. Uh, the guy who could slide in as the extra linebacker, if that's the route that uh, Bud Foster decides to go down, is Anthony Chagog, who hasn't gotten a ton of playing time this year, but he's definitely a capable player. Um, he's just not in the top two there on the depth chart with Tremaine Edmonds and Matua Puaka playing as well as they have. Um, but if they don't do that, expect a lot of Terrell Edmonds, obviously, in the second half when he plays. If Stroman's healthy, you'll see a lot of him, I believe, in the secondary. Um but other than that, I mean, I, th- I think it's going to be, if it's a conventional defense, I think you'll just have more of the safety playing close to the line, like Chuck Clark. I mean, I think he'll he'll be more more in line with the front seven versus playing back where he usually does, probably 10 or 15 yards off the line of scrimmage. So uh, I'm not really sure how Bud Foster plans to handle this. He usually does a pretty solid job game planning for the Paul Johnson option offense, which not a lot of defensive coordinators historically game plan well for, especially uh, when you only see this kind of offense once a year in Virginia Tech's case. But um, Bud Foster's had uh, pretty solid success against Paul Johnson offenses, and hopefully that continues on Saturday. Virginia Tech's defenses have been really the only ones of the entire Paul Johnson era that have always always given problems. Even some defenses like Clemson, 
they've had some success against at times. Uh, Florida State, they've had various levels of success against at times. It's been the Virginia Tech defense that is so consistently good against this offense that really just makes me think, I mean, Bud Foster would have a hard time coaching a defense that didn't have a good game against this offense. So the other guy on that defense that I think of that is noteworthy here is Brandon Faison. Uh, was a guy out of Atlanta that Georgia Tech recruited, and he's also given Georgia Tech a lot of problems the last couple of years. Kid's a stud. He's real good. Yeah, he's a good corner um, out of Greater Atlanta Christian, as it were. But, yeah, uh, Virginia Tech, a two-touchdown favorite here. You mentioned that Justin Thomas and Freddie Burden both kind of questionable here. Um, I think the prevailing thought is that they both will play. Uh, Justin Thomas was taken out of the game. I think he had a bit of a shot to the head or to the jaw or something like that, but uh, nothing serious. It doesn't sound like there's any sort of concussion syndrome or symptoms or anything like there. So I think that'll be fine. I think he'll play. I think it shouldn't really have a whole lot of residual effect. Uh, but I, I still see this offense having a lot of problems getting moving. And, uh, yeah, I mean, unless unless there's, like, a major change in either defensive play calling or defensive performance from Georgia Tech, this thing is not going to be close. I think this is, like, maybe, like, a three-touchdown win for Virginia Tech. Uh, give me the Hokies to cover 13-and-a-half, like, 38-17. Yeah, you talked uh, me into the Hokies covering. Um, I think – the two-touchdown line is about right. Uh, of course, what do I know? Because I'm 3-7 and seven on our picks of the week this year, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll take Virginia Tech to win and cover at home. Offense is playing well right now. Um, the, the running game's coming around. I'd like to see them mix in more run and pass. I think last week they tried too hard to run it at the expense of the pass, as I you know, referred to on the Week 10 recap uh, pod that we just put out today. Um but, yeah, you know, I, I think they'll be able to run and throw against Georgia Tech's defense, and I think this is a good week to try to get both going. So I like the Hokies to win something like 17 points. I don't know. In, in that in that range, I, I think they'll probably cover two touchdowns. You talked me into it. Mike, I have no idea who on earth on Georgia Tech's defense is going to cover Bucky Hodges. Or Isaiah Ford, right? Yeah. I mean, Isaiah Ford has, had, has given us enough problems the last few years. Bucky Hodges, 6'7", 245, lining up as a receiver a lot of times. Like, I don't know that Georgia Tech has anybody big enough to, to run and, and cover that guy. That's that's going to be a mess, I think. Isaiah Ford, 6'2", 190, that's more manageable, but his speed makes him a whole, uh, a whole other beast. So, I mean, yeah, I think it's going to be a rough day at the office. We should mention here, too, we got a question here from a, a listener here on Twitter, at Young Left Hander, a Georgia Tech fan and a, and a friend of mine, who asks, when they firing Ted Roof? Yesterday. And, yeah, uh, <laughs> if, the, if the defensive performance doesn't change at all here, Mike, uh, we're getting closer by the day. Yeah. Let's just say that. I, yeah, they'll probably, I mean, at this rate, they'll probably just keep him through the season. And then that's a, yeah. give him the axe. I mean, just because of where we're at. I mean, we're week 11, he's still around. Of course, Georgia was, Tech's defense, I mean, they've been pretty bad all year. But um, they haven't been really, really bad until probably the last month or so. They've definitely degraded over the last month of games or so. I was thinking about that today, though, is why keep Ted Roof around? And really the only thing I could come up with is what's the value of getting rid of him now? Um, yeah. There's also some recruiting implications where 
they think that he's got a pretty key role in recruiting some of the best players in the class right now, and so you also run the risk of that kind of falling apart. So it's a little bit of a catch-22 of, you know, you got a bad defense, you might make it better by hiring a new guy, but you might also make it worse by losing the talent cost, you know, that you cost yourself by getting rid of him. So, yeah, um, weird situation. I, I don't think Ted Roof's the defensive coordinator next year as things currently stand unless you see some real market improvement over the next few games here. Yeah, and, you know, to your point saying, you know, why get rid of him now, you know, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I mean, when you consider when Notre Dame fired Brian Van Gorder, we were thinking that that was late, and that was, what, now four or five weeks ago? Mm-hmm. Um, and we thought that was late. So, I mean, I you know, at this point in the season, with where they're at, you're in week 11. I mean, I'm not sure firing him right now does a whole lot of good. Try to keep whatever continuity you have on that coaching staff together throughout the rest of the season, try to make a bowl game, you know, and, um, I mean, if you're, if you're Georgia Tech, you're one win away. I mean, you're more than, more than capable of making a bowl game at this point. Just make a bowl game, try to do the best you can in the bowl game, and then if you decide Ted Roof's not your coordinator for the future after that, then you can make that decision. Mike, they've only held one of the last five opponents under six and a half yards per play. Yeah, it's pretty atrocious. Um, they are last in the country in third down defense, and they got worse after last weekend's game. Yeah, I mean it's uh, it's bad. It's yeah. I mean he hasn't really. I mean he hasn't done a great job there, but you know there's there's no point in firing him right now. I would agree. Moving on, Mike. Three thirty p.m. on ABC. The Arguably the second most interesting game of the weekend in the ACC, if uh, you're asking this podcast, the Pittsburgh Panthers on the road at the number two Clemson Tigers. The Tigers, a 20.5-point favorite at home. This feels like a big line, and yet thinking about Deshaun Watson throwing to that Pittsburgh secondary, this one very easily could get ugly, uh, especially in the second half. I, I'm curious to see how the Clemson defense handles this weirdly potent Pittsburgh offense though if Deshaun Watson's shoulder is anywhere near 100% Clemson's going to win this game by 90 points I mean it's going to it's going to be a barn burner Um, and you know I think Pittsburgh could conceivably put up a decent amount of points against Clemson's defense and still lose this game by three or four touchdowns Um, I think Pitt could could score in the low to mid-20s and put up enough points on the board, but Pittsburgh's secondary is just so, so, so bad. Um, even worse than I thought. Um, and, you know, Virginia Tech, when they played Pitt a couple weeks back, you know, I, I looked at that game and I was like, oh, you know, Virginia Tech's throwing, you know, Gerard Evans is throwing all over the field on one leg, and you saw what Brad Kaya did to him this past weekend. I mean, this is... It's crazy how bad, and they got some athletes in that secondary, and they're just getting torched every week. They're getting torched, and they've had decent play on the defensive line, so it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. I mean, they, it feels like they're getting pressure on the quarterback. They have Ewan Price, who's a one-man wrecking machine on the defensive line, and they still have a secondary playing that bad. Uh, it's it's pretty remarkable, but yeah, I, Pittsburgh's offense, I think they can put up some points. I think they'll be able to run. On the Clemson defense, um, 
you look at James Conner, he had a rough week last week, but overall he's been a force this year. Um, he's had some really he's had some really solid games against good run defenses. Obviously, Virginia Tech game comes to mind, where he went over 100 yards rushing, had three touchdowns on the ground. I'm not sure he'll he'll do that against Clemson. I think he can get to 100 yards rushing, but I don't think he'll score three touchdowns on this defense by himself. I think Peterman's going to have to make some plays through the air. I think Pittsburgh will score some points, but they won't score nearly enough to keep up with Clemson because Clemson will throw on them all day long with all the receivers they have and how well all those receivers are playing right now for Clemson. So Deshaun Watson, he's listed as probable uh, when the injury report came out today. So he looks like he's going to be good to go. And if that's the case, and he's really, um, you know, he was held out as a precaution this past weekend when they were playing BC. I, I, um, yeah, anyway, um, I, I like their chances to win this game. And not only win, but cover. I think that's fair. I'm trying to think through a scenario where Pittsburgh's defense can put them in position to win this game. And I think it has to be really using that front seven to get after Deshaun Watson and hoping that Watson struggles with accuracy on the deep ball like we've we've seen him do it several times this year. Other than that, I I don't think Pittsburgh has any sort of answer for Mike Williams. I don't think they have an answer for Deion Kane, Jordan Leggett, Artavis Scott, Hunter Renfro. The list goes on. They have a lot of weapons. Yeah, I mean, they've got all sorts of weapons that can hurt you in all sorts of ways, and I don't think that Pittsburgh really has an answer for any of them. And so I have to think that Clemson's in a real good place here. Maybe if you're Pittsburgh, you try to, again, put pressure on Deshaun Watson and... Uh, hope that the accuracy is in there and hope to keep the score down. But if this turns into a track meet, I mean, I trust the Clemson defense, set, you know, seven days out of six kind of thing. Like, I mean, way more than I would trust the Pittsburgh defense. I think you got to mentally prepare yourself for Wayne Gallman not to have a good game here. Um, Pittsburgh has shown us all year they're going to do what they can to stop the run. And I think that's doable, especially, you know, with, with uh, the what Clemson's done running the ball so far this year, but yeah, I think this one might get ugly. I, I kind of like Clemson to cover here. Like, uh, we'll call it 45, 17. Yeah. A second ago, I think I said Clemson played BC last weekend. I met Syracuse. I had Syracuse in my head and then <laughs> for some reason said BC. So that's good podcasting on my part. But, um, the other Atlantic team that got shut out last yeah, week. Yeah, um, and speaking of that one Atlantic team, Syracuse, I thought that they would score some points against Clemson's defense. Obviously, Eric Dunchy getting hurt threw a wrench into that whole thing, but you know, I think some people will probably argue that Syracuse's offense is better than Pitt's, at least throwing the football, which, you know, entirely true. And when you add in Eric Dungy's running ability they should have scored some points on Clemson, but he gets knocked out of the game. The reason why I think Pittsburgh will be able to score on Clemson is because I think James Conner is a handful to deal with. Syracuse, the problem that they had was that they have no real threat at the running back position. I mean, like a legitimate threat. They throw the ball a ton, and then as far as rushing is concerned, Eric Dungey is probably their best rusher. So when you lose him early on in the game, or relatively early on in the game, I think it was, what, mid-second quarter he got hurt, um... You lose your obviously your your starting quarterback who's thrown for thousands of yards already this year, and you also lose his running ability, which is accounted for, you know, more than half of their rushing yards as a team. So, 
I think Pittsburgh has a little bit more balance on offense, which is why I think they'll be able to score on Clemson. But I, I don't think Clemson has any issues here. They could score almost every time they have the ball against this Pittsburgh defense. I really believe that. So, yeah, I have Clemson covering this 20-and-a-half-point spread as well, even though it's a massive line. I think they easily cover, especially when you consider this game's in Death Valley. Is that right? It is in Death Valley. Yeah. 3.30, not a noon start. Yeah. So, yeah, I like, I like Clemson to win and cover here. I think that's fair. Then again, I mean, you never know. Pittsburgh can keep it close. We'll see. Yeah. And if they don't... Redeem yourself. Yeah, if they don't, we're right, so... (laughs) Well, I always like being right. Yeah. Let's prepare to not be right here. Moving on, Wake Forest on the road at number 7, Louisville. Steeman Deeks, baby! Steeman Deeks! The bowl-eligible Steeman Deacons heading to Louisville. Uh, The Cardinals, a... Just... Casually a 35-point favorite at home here. <laughs> um, That's a large Vegas, line. Vegas did not specify how many of those touchdowns were Lamar Jackson touchdowns, but we have to figure that no less than four of them are. Yeah, but um, we got the basketball conference sports book to fill you in here. Yeah. With a nice little um, prop bet. Mike, I'm, I'm going to say something here, and I'm going to sound really stupid when we do the recap show. I actually... Kind of like Wake Forest to cover the spread. You're not the only one. This but. is a this is a huge line, and I don't think any of us would be really surprised if Louisville did cover it. And you know they could easily walk out here and win 48 to 10 and win by 38 points and all that, and that would be totally fine and expected and everything else. But I think Wake's. Uh, I say this a week after Louisville just totally just demolished and uh, deconstructed the Boston College defense, which is probably better than Wake Forest's, but I think that the Wake Forest defense can do something in the way of containing Lamar Jackson. No, they can't. No, they can't, yeah. Uh, I'm trying to like say this in a way that I can convince myself of it. You're trying to rationalize probably a poor decision <laughs> that I'm about to agree with. Yeah. I sh- yeah. Please talk me out of this, but Here's where I'm going with this, Mike. I think Wake Forest can contain Lamar Jackson enough and maybe sit on the ball enough on offense and kind of run the clock to keep this one to less than 35, maybe like a 28 to 31 point win. That is so many points, Mike. 35 points in a conference game, in a division game. It's a decent team, right? Yeah. Is, Is Wake decent? Wake's decent, right? Wake, yeah, Wake's fine. Wake's fine. <laughs> they're they're almost mediocre, right? They're they're vying for one of those college football playoff ranking spots. Good God. <laughs> they're they're almost in the top seventy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Maybe okay. Let's see what Bill Conley has to say about Wake Forest. You go look ahead. that up, and I'll and I'll go on my tangent here real quick, and then you can fill me in on what Bill Conley says. Wake you Forest, here's the path to uh, victory, and by victory I mean covering the spread. Um, Cade Carney runs for 150 yards and two touchdowns. If he does that, they cover. Do you think he can do that against this Louisville defense? Hmm. Well... Can he, okay, maybe not 150. Can he go for over 100 yards against this Louisville defense? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I've seen crazier things against the Todd Grantham defense. Um, here's my, my big issue with that is that Louisville is clearly in double-barrel middle finger mode right now, trying to 
get themselves in position for the playoffs. So, Score a thousand on everybody. Yeah, they might not ever quit. Um, I would I would love it as like a backdoor cover thing if I thought that Louisville had reason to let off the gas at some point, but they've clearly shown that they don't really have intentions of doing that. Uh, by the way, Wake Forest, 68th in S&P+. Plus. That is actually behind Georgia Tech, for what that's worth. Wow. Uh, in the ACC, that is in front of Syracuse and Virginia and Boston College, and I think that's it. Wow. Yeah. I'm surprised they're behind Georgia Tech, honestly. Mm-hmm. Well, it doesn't help that Wake Forest is 112th in the country on offense. Uh, their offense is not good. I mean, their offense is not good. They run it the ball well. Special. They run the ball well. If you ask John Wolford to pass it, you're in for a long day. This is very true. Uh, yeah, 112th in the country on offense, but 27th on defense, so that's pretty good. I wonder how that compares to Boston College. Let's look this up. This is good podcast material here, Mike. It, it is. Um, we're, we're off on a tangent, but it's a good tangent. They are right on par with the 25th-ranked Boston College defense, although to be fair, that 25th-ranked Boston College defense also has a game against Louisville on the docket. So uh, That'll go well. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. I, fair to say that Louisville runs away with this one as we fully expect them to. I, I don't think there's anything that Wake Forest is going to do that will put a scare into the Cardinals, especially at home at night. Um, but, yeah, kind of like Wake Forest to cover 35 here. Yeah, Steve Not going to be my pick of the week. Steve and Deke's cover because I'm back on the bandwagon, and I'm trying to get to get back to conducting the train, and I'll get there. All aboard, Mike. Let's All do aboard. this. If they cover, then we're back, baby. Moving on to other surprising picks to cover. The number 21 North Carolina Tar Heels going to Duke. The uh, the vaunted Wallace Wade Stadium atmosphere as you're fully acquainted with by now, Mike. Yeah, it's an imposing environment. <laughs> My ears are still ringing. <laughs> what, from all the hookies yelling there? Nah, from drinking. That too. Yeah. 7.30 p.m. on Thursday night. Got some good ACC Thursday night action going this week. The Tar Heels are an 11-point favorite in this game. And, again, like, things are going to make me sound real stupid on the recap show. I actually kind of like Duke to cover this line. I also, um, I also like Duke to cover, Joey. I don't I don't know what it is about Duke, but they can make these, like, kind of more up-tempo, uh, high-flying spread teams look kind of bad. And you saw this, you know up close and in person. I don't I don't think Duke's got what it takes to win this game, but I think they can cover eleven. I mean they can kinda of keep the score down and, and ugly it up a little bit, right? I think Duke's better than their three and six record. Um and, and watch my, your mouth. In my opinion. Uh we do it, not say nice things about Duke on this podcast. Yeah. They're better than three and they're oh, oh my god, they're oh and five this year. They're the only winless team in ACC play this year. (laughs) Oh, it's so funny. Even BC has a win. Um, Is that bad? Not good, Bob. Uh, (laughs) That's too funny. I didn't realize that. They're the only winless team left in ACC play. Wow. Um, Duke's not going to win this game, but I think they can cover. I don't... I'm not really sure the path to covering because I don't know who's going to cover Bug Howard or Switzer or stop Elijah Hood or slow down Mitch Trubisky. Um, 
Yeah, Duke's running out of bodies on defense a little bit. They are. Also, uh, real quick sidetrack, legitimate gripe with North Carolina. Tar Heel Illustrated this morning tweeted that Mitch Trubisky has something like a 792-day streak going where he doesn't throw an interception if you don't count the hurricane game against Virginia Tech. Get out of here, Tar Heel Illustrated. He threw a pick. Sorry. You shouldn't have thrown the ball 40 times in a hurricane. It's your own damn fault. Yeah, and if you don't count the games Georgia Tech has lost this year, they're undefeated. Yeah, if you, yeah, no <laughs> kidding. I mean, if Tech didn't fumble six times at the Battle of Bristol, who knows what would have happened, you know? If Michael Brewer didn't get hurt last year against Ohio State, maybe Virginia Tech would have upset Ohio State for a second year in a row. Everyone shut up. Ifs and buts, ifs and buts. That's how I feel about that. Just in case you're wondering. illustrated. Everybody shut up. Just <laughs> everybody stop doing what you're doing. Just, yeah. Target Hill Illustrated, get out of here. Um, He's a tiger. Back to the game. Uh, back to the game. I think Duke finds a way to cover. I'm still not really sure how because I think North Carolina is a much better team. This is a rivalry game. Duke's got it at home at night, Wallace Wade Stadium. 17, 17 people will be there this week instead of 12, so that's good for something. This would be really advantageous for North Carolina being so close to their own home stadium if North Carolina had a whole bunch of fans at their games too. Right, but they don't. <laughs> They so, also kind of don't. Yeah, I mean... And it is officially basketball season, Mike. Yeah, I mean, Ramsey's the uh, mascot doesn't even want to go. So, to be fair. Yeah, and it's basketball season, so... Give me North Carolina 34-24. Nice. Again, uh, I think I think David Cutcliffe will cook up some stuff that they can score a little bit on the Tar Heel defense. I think the Duke, Duke defense will find a way to contain Mitch Trubisky and his, uh, his troops... But North Carolina still wins comfortably. Eleven just too much for me. North Carolina wins thirty-two to twenty-nine. I'll pick two scores that are like really hard to get to and that don't make a whole lot of sense. And I think North Carolina win. They win comfortably. I think Duke scores late to make it a three or four point game. How about that? Uh, so you you got Duke hitting a three at the buzzer on a game where they're down by like six yeah. points anyways. Yeah, Grayson Allen from like five feet behind the three point line, something like that. <laughs> Fair enough. Probably worth mentioning this game. They already have a they have a new trophy. Do that. Uh, they took the the victory bell and they put it on a, like a fancy new cart with new wheels and they painted it with both teams' logos. It is a it's a pretty North Carolina ass trophy. <laughs> like it is some Appalachian <laughs> nonsense if you really look at it. Appalachian nonsense. Yeah. Huh. It literally looks like something they found on a farm and they stuck a bell on it. Like. <laughs> Oh, my God. It's a little bit of a silly-looking trophy. Like, I'm not going to lie. Oh, man. That's funny. This is a good time to remind you that we kind of don't like either of these teams, if we're being honest. No. Because is... we are honest on this podcast. Yeah, this is a big snoozer. It might not. I mean, it'll be on on Thursday. I mean, it's either that or, you know, you could be like, never mind. I'm not going to say it. I was hey, gonna, Mike, I'm going to... going to say you can watch, like, recap of the election coverage. And yeah. You like somebody that will see yeah that. by the time this podcast drops we're gonna have a new president that's another thought uh but before we get into that i'm gonna move on into a uh, continuing my combo of crazy last second transitions and say if you want to talk about other weeknight snoozers we got to move on to boston college on the road at number 22 florida state the seminoles a 21 point favorite at home 7 30 p.m on espn2 on friday evening First of all, Mike, I mean, I'm used to Boston College playing some Friday night games, but Florida State at home? Like, this is 
This is kind of a new one. Yeah, I mean, Florida State went up there last year, I believe, on a Friday night, right? Or it might have been Thursday. It was a Thursday or a Friday night. Florida State went on the road to BC, I remember, last year. Yeah, um, that sounds right. They're all about weeknight games there between these two schools. It is weird that Florida State's playing a game in Tallahassee on a Friday. Um, Florida State should cover here. Should. They have the athletes to do it. Whether or not they actually do that kind of depends on how well they play in the first half, as crazy as that sounds. Florida State has a tendency to turn it on after halftime. Um, they could do that in this game, and they could still win and cover the spread. Um, this is going to sound a little asinine since Boston College scores like four and a half points per game. I think they find a way to cover 21 somehow. Um, and I'm not really sure how, but I, you know, I didn't come away from that NC Florida State NC State game all that convinced that the Seminoles are like this real formidable offense, but they have enough to point uh, to put a lot of points on the board. I think the only way they run away with this game in a blowout is if BC starts turning the football over, uh, which is absolutely conceivable. I mean, they're good at that, but maybe they score like ten points and. BC scores like, or sorry, Florida State scores like 24 or 27, and BC like barely covers. I can see that happening, like a 27 to 10 game. Ooh, that's a little close for my liking. I don't know where Boston College is getting 10 points from in this game. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I could, I could maybe see it if Florida State comes out a little flat in this game, just being that it's like a weird time slot to be playing at Dope Campbell but even then I mean it's a night game it's a home game I don't know um, I is Florida State really going to get up for this game though I mean I can't say that they specifically will um, I don't know I've just got a feeling that DeAndre Francois and the athletes that he's throwing to are going to continue a trend of Teams just absolutely blowing up this Boston College secondary. Uh, they have not been good against the pass all year long. And, I mean, I think that they're going to do their best to contain Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook might struggle to get past much more than, you know, like 100 yards or something like that. But I think that comes along with DeAndre Francois throwing all over this Boston College defense. I just, I would be with you thinking that this game could be closer if I had any reason to believe that Boston College could score. Uh, oh, I don't think they can score either. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I think 10 points is even a stretch. Yeah. But that's that's the only way that they'll cover. So. Right. That's why I'm going to say they're going to score there. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm with you. I don't think it's very likely that BC gets more than, like, even three or six points in this game. I mean, that's – Florida State's defense isn't all that good, but – Boston College's offense is pretty bad. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't think Boston College covers here. I think Florida State's gonna cover a pretty big spread. Gimme give, give me the Seminoles, maybe thirty four to seven. Yeah. I think that's the big difference in Boston College this year versus last year is last year they were very, very good against the run and also pretty good against the pass. And this year they just don't have the pass defense there. Uh, it's just it's too much of a vulnerability. We've seen too many teams take advantage of it. So I, I think that's what Florida State's going to ride here to a big win. Fair enough. But then again, I mean, if they come out flat, you never know. So 
If I'm wrong, don't uh, don't hate. Ever uh, in reality, though, this is a game on Friday night that nobody really cares about. So in essence, we all lose. This is true, right? Yeah, fair. Moving on to games that everybody loses in. I don't know. Is that fair? Maybe, yeah. maybe not. Yeah, that's no. That's absolutely fair. The NC State Wolfpack on the road in the Carrier Dome against the Syracuse Orange. Mike, which one of these two teams would you guess has the better division record right now? I'll give you a hint. It's not the team you want to think it is. Yeah, probably Syracuse. It is actually Syracuse. Syracuse 2-3 and three in conference right now. NC State only 1-4. and four. Uh, This game, by the way, 12.30 p.m. on the ACC Network Extra and watch ESPN. Uh, I will say that in NC State's defense... They've, they've already run the, the gauntlet of Louisville, Clemson, and Florida State over the last four weeks. Uh, so they've, got it, they've had it a little bit rough lately, whereas uh, Syracuse, I, I believe, still has uh, – they still have Florida State on the schedule. Is that right? Sounds right. Uh, yes, they do. Okay. Yeah. So they, they haven't taken that lump yet, but in any case uh, – They will soon. Yeah, they sure will. Uh, the Vegas books are having a weird time with this one. They – NC State is very, very tentatively listed as a five-point favorite. And I say tentatively because I think there's only, like, one sports book on the Internet that has a line for this game right now because nobody is really sure of the status of Eric Dungy. And I think that really might be the total difference in this game is if Eric Dungy can't go, I don't see Syracuse winning this game at all. And I don't, I I don't see him keeping it close. If Eric Dungy does play, I actually kind of like Syracuse to win outright. Uh, even if... Dungy doesn't play, I, I still think Syracuse keeps it close, because I don't think NC State is going to blow out any teams. Um, with that being said, though, I mean, I think Syracuse's only path to victory is if they have Eric Dungy in the lineup. I mean, I think they'll have, as we saw last week, when Dungy's not playing quarterback, they're a bad offense. I mean, they're not even close to the same offense that they are when he's in the game. Uh, because of that, I think NC State wins. Um, really, we all lose, though, because we still have to pre- you know, preview this game. So, in essence, you know, it is what it is. NC State, uh, they also lose because Dave Doran is still their coach. Oof. And uh, it looked pretty good about a month ago. But we should have known better, Joey. Hard times have fallen on Raleigh. This game, to me, if Eric Dungey plays in this game, Mike, this game screams shootout to me. Because I don't know that NC State is going to be able to stop what Syracuse is doing on offense, and I know that Syracuse is not going to be able to stop what NC State's doing on offense. I think this is a huge day for Ryan Finley and Matt Days. Uh, I think that Eric Dungy and Amba Atawa and some of those guys are going to be able to just torch NC State. There should be some fireworks in the Carrier Dome. I, I'm definitely taking the points here if, if Dungy is indeed playing. If that's the case... What wonder what the over-under is going to be. Yeah, we don't have a total on it either. That's the other confusing yeah. part of this right now. Total would be really nice. Yeah. Um, I I would like to think that there's reason to believe that Dungy will play, um, but we just we really haven't gotten that news down yet. So um, This should be a really high-scoring game, though, Mike. I mean, I'm, I think the total probably comes down in the upper 60s, and... That would make it the highest total on the board right now. The, the other highest total right now in the ACC is uh, Pittsburgh Clemson at sixty six and a half. I think this one's more like sixty eight to seventy. Yep. Um, I think either of these teams can put up a lot of points and don't play great defense, at least not lately for NC State. So, yeah, I'll assuming Eric Dungy plays, I'm going to take the points of Syracuse and I'm going to actually take the Orange outright. Um, 
give me Syracuse in the Carrier Dome. 42-35. This might be like a last team to have the ball kind of game. Uh, if Dungey plays, I also like Syracuse to win and cover. Sorry to be so boring, uh, everybody. But uh, if uh, Dungey doesn't play, I also like NC State to win. So take that for what it's worth. Um, the line is five right now. I, you know, that's tentative. I don't really even feel comfortable picking this game until I know Eric Dungey's status. So uh, if he plays, Syracuse wins. If he doesn't, NC State wins. Fair enough. Is that that I will agree with. Good. Yeah. If if Eric Dungey doesn't play, I don't I don't see Syracuse. I mean, who knows? Maybe they've got you know a Heisman in the making at backup quarterback. But at this point, I don't see any reason to believe that to be the case. So yeah, let's. Uh, if if Dungey doesn't play, yeah, it's NC State easily easily covers five here. I don't I don't think the Orange offense is going to get rolling at all. So let's move on, Mike. Last true ACC game, uh, but then we got one more after that. The Miami Hurricanes on a one-game winning streak, a 10-point favorite on the road at the Virginia Cavaliers at 2 o'clock on the ACC Network Extra and Watch ESPN. First of all, I can't think of any team to better to pioneer the 2 o'clock time slot on TV <laughs> than the Virginia Cavaliers at home. Yeah, that's very cavalier of them to play at 2 o'clock. Huh? I, I have no idea where that came from. Like I, Yeah, why is there a game at 2 o'clock? Like, I've seen Boston College start games against, like, FCS teams at, what, like, one thirty. One thirty. that's exactly what I was going to say. One thirty in, like, week two. I, 2 o'clock in mid-November in a conference game? I, I mean, this is, a, this is a new one, so there's that. Um, like I said, Miami a 10-point favorite. This is, that's a big number on the road, but... I mean, Virginia's played okay for being a 2-7 and seven team, and Miami recently has struggled up until last week when they just blew the doors off Pittsburgh. Charlottesville can be a weird place to play. Are you at all interested in Virginia plus 10 here, Mike? Miami by 1,000. <laughs> Courtesy of Cam Underwood. Yeah. Uh, Miami wins by a lot. I think Miami can easily win this game by, like, three touchdowns. Yeah, me too. I yeah. Sorry, I'll provide a little bit more analysis. Uh, Virginia's defense isn't very good. Miami's offense proved last week that they can block a pass rush, which is new. Um, if they do that against Virginia, Brad Kyle will shred that defense. Yeah, give me the Hurricanes. I don't think Virginia can score on Miami's defense. Miami's defense isn't even that good, but they're starting to get healthier than they were. Uh, they were really, really injured uh, the last three or four weeks. They're starting to get healthy again. That should bode well for them in this game on the road. Uh, give me Miami to cover 10 pretty easily. I would agree with that. I think this is like a three-touchdown win for Miami. I have no reason to think that Virginia is going to be able to keep this one close. Um, give me Miami here like 38-13. Yeah, I, I mean, think big, pretty big here. The Canes defense has been playing better lately, and – what Virginia's doing on offense is nothing intimidating or special or scary. It's two and seven good, that offense. Yeah, it is. Um, I don't know. I mean, stranger things have happened in Charlottesville, Mike. It's a, it's a weird place to go play. A lot of Georgia Tech fans would kind of consider it to be a bit of a uh, Bermuda Triangle, as it were. But, <laughs> yeah, Miami, I think Miami wins this game big. I think we're in agreement here. 
total at 55 and a half, too. That, Over. I think that number's probably right. I, I've got, I mean, I've got it at 38 to 20, which is 58, so I think that's conceivable. Oh, yeah. Then I'll again, if, over. if Miami never lets off the gas, you know, something to think about. If Miami gets into the 40s, I think it's safe to say it'll be over, because I think Virginia will score. Um, I'm sure Virginia's good for at least a couple touchdowns in this game. Yeah, I would say so. You know, Maybe a touchdown, a couple field goals, something like that. Get into that mid-teens range. Yep. Could be done. Yeah, maybe. Something to think about. Picks the week coming up here. Uh, all right, last game, Mike. The uh, the only way to properly cap off this exhilarating week 11 of ACC action, the Army Black Knights sort of on the road against the 3-6 and six Notre Dame Fighting Irish. The Fighting Irish a 13-point favorite in San Antonio? Uh, at 3.30 p.m. on NBC. Notre Dame continuing its, like, Armed Forces Games tour of the country after playing Navy in Jacksonville last week. So I don't know how they settled on San Antonio. I mean, I know that there's a military base there, and it's got some military roots, but it seems like a really odd place to be playing a football game, Mike. Yeah, not a lot of games played in San Antonio these days. Uh, I guess if you're watching this game, uh, you can look at the great city of San Antonio. I've never been there in my life, but apparently it's great. So, Good place. Yeah. Um, so if you're tuning into this game, you're tuning in for the city of San Antonio. Um, That's right. Yeah. Go get on Riverwalk, uh, Notre Dame fans. I'm not all that confident Notre Dame covers 13. You've been like kind of calling me crazy for that all week because you're like, yeah, you know, Notre Dame will beat Army. I don't. I'm not sure they will. Um, I, I think. Army plays them tough. They run the ball well. Notre Dame can't stop a nosebleed. Um, give me Notre Dame in this game to win. I mean, I think Deshaun Kaiser will have a pretty good game, but I think Army will score enough, enough points to cover 13 and make it interesting late. So give me uh, Notre Dame, like, 28 to 20 or something. I don't know. I don't think they'll get in the 30s. I'm not all that confident. Like, Notre Dame moves the ball really well, but they haven't scored a lot of points lately, which is weird. And some of that's an element of the offenses they've been playing. And I think that's the case again this week. I think Army sits on the ball, and that's the reason why Notre Dame doesn't score as many points as they should. But I think they will have more than six possessions this week. So, Yeah, I, I think I would take over six and a half possessions for Notre Dame with the uh, <laughs> basketball, basketball conference, conference scorebook. Book. Yeah. yeah. Sportsbook. Um, Man, I Army's like a less talented version of Navy. Like, yeah, they're like Navy at like seventy five percent capacity. Yeah, which is why Notre Dame wins, but they they don't cover. You know, that's where I'm at. Like, Notre Dame could win by ten. You know, they could. And it's like, oh, that was a convincing win against a lesser <laughs> service academy than Navy. Like, I just not, don't know, you know if... on the football field. I just don't know if Army's going to be able to sustain drives well enough to keep this game within two touchdowns. They run the ball so well, though. Like, they do. They and they're run not the ball awful. Well. They're not awful. Notre Dame can't stop the run, you know? Mm-hmm. Maybe Notre Dame benefits. I don't know. I'm trying to think of a way where Notre Dame, like, blows out Army like they should. Because if Notre Dame was even half the team we thought they would be, Notre Dame would win this game by, like, 20 or 30 points. But the, the issue that 
Notre Dame's having is just the run defense, obviously. But I guess if you're going to talk yourself into it, Army can't stop Notre Dame, right? Like, who's going to cover all of Notre Dame's receivers and rush Deshaun Kaiser? You know? I mean, I... Fair. I don't know. That's what I'm thinking here. I, I mean... I don't know. Yeah. Give me... Give me... You know what, Mike? I'm going to have the faith in, in Notre Dame so that you don't have to. Wow. Yes, I'm going to have yeah. Notre Dame, faith in Notre Dame for you. Again, famous last words. Um, Rather you than me. <laughs> give me the Fighting Irish, like, 31-13. I mean, Notre Dame hasn't really blown out anybody this year, right? I mean, Nevada in week two, that's pretty much been it. What was the margin on that game? Uh, I don't know. Big? Notre, Notre Dame by a lot. Yeah. Okay. Uh. Army's better than Nevada, right? I don't know if they are. Are they? I don't know. I mean, Army's been fine, but Army's also played a pretty weak schedule this year. Well, yeah, they're you know <laughs> they're Army. They're the Wake. They're, they're like Wake Forest. They beat Wake Forest. That, that yes, they did in a close game. They also only scored twelve points on Air Force. Although, in all fairness, Air Force's defense is probably better than Notre Dame's right now. So, <laughs> there's that. We've used this line before. Your local peewee defense is better than Notre Dame's right now. <laughs> and that joke never gets old. You, you and, and I, I would, could line up two on 11 and we'd be fine. Right? I was going to say, you and I with a cooler beer might be better than Notre Dame's defense. <laughs> you and I hammered. Yeah. That would work. Yeah. yeah. You, me, Dan Rubin, Rep Cam, <laughs> my buddy Justin from inside the ACC. We'll line up. It'll be five on 11. I'll take it. And I like our chances. <laughs> we put up some points. I don't, I don't know about all that, but maybe we get a couple stops. <laughs> <laughs> Which is better than Notre Dame can say in some games. Um, uh, yeah, Notre Dame 31-13. That's what I'm sticking with. I also yeah. kind of like the under. Right. The total in this game is 52.5. I don't know that this is going to get high scoring enough. I don't know why I all of a sudden have faith in Notre Dame's defense. I don't know why either. I'm trying to figure that out myself. I mean, really I'm, the Notre Dame, I'm, the Notre, yeah, I'm, I'm the Notre Dame fan here, and you're the one uh, picking them to score a lot of points. Yeah. I'm, gonna, I, I'm telling you, man, I'm going to regret this. This is going to be bad. No, they're going to lose this game. Notre Dame's going to go 3-9 and nine this year. They're going to lose this game. They're going to lose to Virginia Tech, and then they're going to lose the, the end of the game. End of the game. End of the season game. Last game of the season. Jesus. Yeah, Last game wait. of the season against Southern Cal. They'll lose that one, too. 3-9. and nine. That'll win Notre Dame. I also picked Notre Dame to win, so they're, they're not going to go 3-9. They're going to go 4-8. 13's a lot of points when... You haven't been that good so far, but I don't know. I think they get it done against Army. I'm going to be wrong. Too. It's fine. They're not going to cover that. Fair enough. Last thing, Mike. we got to do our ACC Picks of the Week. Uh, do we have to? We do Three have to. Three and seven. <laughs> I So I think you went first last week, if I'm not mistaken. I did. Okay, so I'll go first this week. Uh, I look at these, and again, there's a lot of big spreads in these games. I think there's only one game right now that the spread is in single digits, if that tells you anything. And so I'm, I'm kind of shying away from those. I'm not going to sit here and pick against Louisville to cover the spread. I'm not going to pick against Clemson to cover the spread. I also don't want to lay that many points. The number that sticks out to me, though, that I actually kind of like here, Boston College at Florida State, the total is 47.5. I think they go under that. I think that... Florida State's defense is going to do enough to keep Boston College off the scoreboard that 
Florida State is basically going to have to score 47 points by themselves to go over this line, and I don't think they're going to get it done. So I think Florida State could score a lot of points here, but still, I again, they're going to basically have to do it all by themselves. So give me under 47.5 in the Boston College and Florida State game on Friday night. Nice. Um, for my pick, about 10 minutes ago, I said that Miami would beat Virginia by 1,000. Uh, they're 10-point favorites. They absolutely cover there on the road in Charlottesville. Absolutely. Mark it down. Miami covers 10 in Charlottesville. All right. We'll see. I, I like that one. I, I'm afraid to uh, invest in it, but I I see the logic there. I mean, Miami by all means should against a pretty bad Virginia team. So, curious to see. Um, they beat, I mean, they beat Pittsburgh by more than 10. This is true. Yeah, they beat Pittsburgh by a lot. Um, and a lot of points. Pittsburgh's better than Virginia by quite a bit. That's my logic. And it's not like Miami has a great home field advantage either, so can't really rely on that too much. So. Do they have more fans than in Durham? Ooh. Barely. Basketball Conference Sportsbook going to be uh, banking on that one. I was going to say, they have like 17 fans. Duke's got like... 14 fans. North Carolina has like 15 and a half. Yeah. Get half a fan. That actually, Mike, that actually just occurred to me is that this game is being played in Charlottesville at 2 p.m., which is a super weird time. I bet that actually has something to do with the Virginia basketball season kicking off. Oh, probably. I bet it does. Didn't even think about that. I wonder if Virginia basketball starts at like 7 and they're trying to keep people around for that. Because that's more watchable than Virginia football at this point. Yeah, that would make uh, that would make more sense. We'd be remiss if we didn't mention ACC basketball on the Basketball Conference podcast, of course. Yeah, which we only cover football, by the way. Correct, correct. All right, Mike, anything else before we get out of here? No, I'm good. I'm all set. Good deal. I'm ready for this Week 11 action. Some sweet Week 11 action. A smorgasbord of above-average football. We are uh, making sure to include that smorgasbord. Nothing, nothing How do better. How spell that? I, good God, I don't know. <laughs> that's your homework. We'll find that out next week. That's, on, uh, <laughs> that's your homework. On the recap episode. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, this is, like I said, there are eight games this week, and seven of them have double-digit point spreads. If that tells you anything about what you might be seeing from ACC play this weekend. But I don't know. I mean, it's still the ACC. Some weird stuff can happen. You never know. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> That's where I'm at. This is inspiring a lot of confidence, Mike. That's where I'm at. No. I mean, these games are much more exciting than last week's slate. I mean, right? Sort of? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'll go with that. The headliner, Georgia Tech, Virginia Tech. Uh, look, Clemson and Pitt, in theory, should be a pretty good game. But Pitt can't stop anybody. So... Man, that's the thing that I'm really watching to see this weekend is can Clemson or can well I'm gonna put the uh, the burden on the Pittsburgh offense. Can Pitt score on the Clemson defense? Because Pitt does a lot of stuff running the ball, and that's what Clemson especially does well is defending the run. And so curious to see what happens there. I'm, I'm with you though, thinking that Pitt can't throw the ball down the field. So I don't know. I don't know that they got a whole lot of a plan B if running the ball doesn't work here. So. Something to watch out for. Should be interesting. Rooting hard for Duke this week. If Duke beats UNC. Tech Georgia Tech loses to Virginia Tech. 
Hokies are in the driver's seat in the Coastal even more than they already are. So that's be paying a lot of attention to that one. If North Carolina loses to Duke and Virginia Tech beats Georgia Tech, I want to say that actually clinches the division. It does. Virginia Tech. It does indeed. Yeah. It does indeed because that that that's a very good point because Virginia Tech has Notre Dame remaining on their schedule. Um, yeah. With, with Virginia, I mean Virginia's the only Coastal Division opponent left, only ACC opponent left, and they got a Notre Dame game, which essentially doesn't really matter except for maybe bowl positioning. Right, and Virginia Tech obviously having the the tiebreaker over North Carolina, they won the head-to-head game. Also worth noting is if Clemson can beat Pittsburgh, that cl- clinches the division for them as well. That'll send them to Orlando? Yep. Yeah, Orlando. Wow, so we could have an ACC championship all set up, potentially, uh, next true? week. I don't think we will. I think some weird shit will happen. So <laughs> probably won't have that all set up already. But, yeah, we're coming down the home stretch here. I mean, I think North Carolina gets it done against Duke, and so, yeah, it'll take another yeah, week. Yeah, I, I agree. But I stick with my prediction from about a month ago that, yeah, Virginia Tech's going to win the Coastal right now. So, we'll see. Who knows? My Georgia Tech team has pulled off crazier upsets, but yep. I'm just I'm not seeing it. You'll have some bragging rights if they do. Yeah. and I'll, You have no idea, man. That would make me so happy. I'll, They'd be playing against Virginia Virginia next week to get to seven wins, and that would uh, win me an investment that I made before the season. Oh, okay. So. All right. Well, good for you. But <laughs> I hope you lose out on all that money because I need Virginia Tech to win this game on Saturday. Thanks, Mike. No problem. Um, Happy to do it. Say it. To whatever. be fair, they've got all the way, they've got all the way through the bowl game to get to seven wins. They can do it. Please do it. Then go Just, go play in the Sun Bowl against like I don't know. Western, West Texas or something. I think a lot of the predictions right now are between the Military Bowl in Annapolis and the, what is it, the St. Petersburg Bowl or the Beef O'Brady's Bowl or whatever <laughs> they call it now. Brady's Bowl, an old classic. My, my, my favorite is the uh, San Diego County Credit Union Poinsettia Bowl. Yeah, that rolls off the tongue. Yeah, not. Nah, hopefully they get in a Military Bowl. You can come up to it. We'll grab beers in D.C. It'll be great. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, see? Can't beat it. There you go. Well, you know we'll be doing a, a bowl preview show. That'll be all sorts of interesting. We'll so. have we'll likely have a couple of bowl preview shows if we're uh, doing this every week during bowl season. Depends on how yeah, we play it. See. We'll have to see how it how the schedule lays out. It's looking like I'm gonna have a Friday of off work where the wife's gone. So depending on what you're doing the Friday before Christmas, who knows? Oh yeah. All right, Mike. That about does it for us now that we've been rambling for a few minutes to stretch this thing out. Not that that really needed it. Um, <laughs> anyways, you guys can reach out to us on Twitter. I'm at J- FTRSJ. I'm forgetting my Twitter handle, man. Oh, wow. we gotta get, we got to get out of here. At Joey. I am, <laughs> I'm just at Joey. No. Um, I am at FTRS Joey. He's at Mike McDaniel ACC, and together we're at BC Podcast ACC. You can also send us an email, send us your questions. Thanks again to at Young Left Hander for uh, – shooting us that one for when Ted Roof gets fired on Twitter. You can send us an email with questions as well, or just your thoughts or whatever. Basketball Conference Podcast at gmail.com, the longest email address known to man. Uh, you can also subscribe on iTunes and Google Play, and you can rate us and review us and tell us what you think. You can tell us you think that we're great. You can tell us you think that we suck. That's okay. Hit us, we, uh, hit us up on MySpace. Um, do we have a MySpace now? Yeah, MySpace and... Uh... You know, you can listen to us. We on, have a Zanga on. on <laughs> you can listen to us on Napster. 
And, oh, uh, man. I was a, actually a Morpheus guy. Oh, were you? Okay. Well, I know, we'll I know there were some LimeWire folks. LimeWire. I was also a LimeWire guy. Oh, man. R.I.P. your computer. Yeah. And and yours. Because yeah. we're, we're on our essentially our fourth podcast this week. It's how no many crashes we've had. Yeah. The computer thing has really been a mess this week. We'll have to get that fixed. Anyways, Mike, this has been fun. We'll do it again after uh, we see some of that sweet Week 11 action, and uh, we'll be back to recap it next weekend. Sounds good, Joey. All right, man. We'll catch you catch you then. Until then, uh, for Mike McDaniel, I'm Joey Weaver. Talk to you guys later. Go ACC.